So we're going to delve today into the song of Simeon. And you guys are like, who's Simeon? <laughs> right? <clears throat> not Simon, but Simeon. And Simeon is this kind of like not very well-known person in the Bible, to be honest. Um, and unless you attended a church where they sing out of hymnals, you probably don't even know the song of Simeon, right? Um, and, but we also do know that the Bible does not waste words, right? That the Word of God has always some meaning in there for us, right? And so even for little-known people like Simeon, there's going to be something really special for us. If you're someone here this morning who you've been waiting for an answer to something, or you've been waiting for something in your life to occur, right? Today's your day, okay? This is, this is Simeon. This is Simeon. Uh, and he, we're going to learn uh, about that exact thing, waiting upon the Lord. So if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35, uh, we're going to delve into Simeon. And all of this whole series is about the reason for the season, right? And I'll give you a little bit of background before we dive into this. So Luke chapter 2 is the story of Christmas. It is all the Joseph and Mary and Bethlehem and the manger and no crib for a bed and the shepherds and the star, all that stuff is Luke chapter 2. And in this particular verse, 25, which starts Simeon, uh, what's happened is, Jesus is now about 40 days old, because in the Jewish law, uh, you take your firstborn child to the temple, and you, you present the, the child with offerings. And so Joseph and Mary dutifully are doing this, and um, this is exactly what happens when they take the baby Jesus to the temple, okay? 40 days old, right? It, and it says this, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. He had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents, this is Joseph and Mary, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother, this is Joseph and Mary, right, marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That's the passage we've been looking into. This is what the song of Simeon in this Christmas season was based off of. And on one level, you know, I think the song is about the fulfillment of God's promise, right? That God is saying to Simeon, uh, you're going to identify the Messiah. You're going to be like the first guy that's going to be like, whoa, there he is. So that's, that is certainly what this song is about. 
But I want to unwrap it a little deeper and see what this means to us. And the first point, if you're the type that follows in the notes, we'll go through it like that. But the first point in those is, this is about waiting upon the Lord. While the Bible doesn't explicitly tell us how old Simeon is at this time, we can infer from the passage that he's a kind of an older man at this point. And we can, we can infer this because in verse 26, we learn that Simeon is told he's not going to die a natural death until he sets his eyes on the Messiah. And in verse 25, it says that Simeon had been waiting for the consolation of Israel. And what, what was that? Basically, like the Israelites, as you guys might recall, have been waiting for this, this comforter, this Messiah, because they were going through a lot of stuff at this time, right? Oppression, centuries actually, right? And the Jews were waiting for this Savior, the Messiah that was going to take them out of this oppression. This wasn't like, you guys, this wasn't like the waiting for the Domino's pizza delivery guy, okay, to arrive 40, in 45 minutes. This was a lifetime of waiting, right? And this is Simeon's situation. So I think you kind of get the picture that, that he's like, yeah, okay, you know, we've been waiting forever, and you're telling me, God, I'm not going to die until I set my eyes on the person we've been waiting for. And I think, you know, for us, we too, every single one of us, I think we uh, have this long period of waiting to fulfill something that's super important to us. See, when I think about new parents, and you find out for the first time that uh, the wife is pregnant with a child, you wait nine months, right? It's almost a year. And you think about how long that period is, and you think to yourself, how come God didn't make it one, one week or like one month? And I know some women friend who are like, what friends would say, like, you know, how come it couldn't be one day? Just skip the whole pregnancy thing, right? And for us guys, it's okay, pretty easy, right? But, you know, we're the ones who are like, okay, at midnight, we go get the chocolate ice cream and peanut butter because we got the pregnant hormonal woman at home, Right? But that's the easy price to pay, right? And so what I tell my guy friends, yeah, who I find out that, oh, they're expecting their first child and they're excited, the first thing I usually tell them is, you know what? You became a dad at inception, not at birth, okay? And so I said, what that means is, you know those nine months that you're going to you know, watch your wife transform, right? Hapai, get like this. Take it as precious time. Take it as time that you want to find every way possible to connect to your child in the womb of the woman. And, you know, a friend of mine had loaned, lent us a uh, baby heart monitor. And so I actually tell my friends, if you can, get a baby heart monitor, okay? So not the cheap kind, but get it on eBay. I think he got it on eBay. But it, it's one of those that the doctors use. Like, you know, you kind of put the gel and you got to put it on. And when, when Joshua, when, when Tammy was pregnant with Joshua, the favorite time of my day was we, as every night before we go to sleep, we put the heart monitor on and we would hear Joshua's heartbeat, right? And if you ever heard a, a baby's heartbeat, it's like, it's really fast. And it was my way of connecting to my son before he was born. And I would read Green Eggs and Ham to Joshua 
It was my way to connect to him. I, I created a, a, a playlist on my podcast of Mozart <laughs> and, and jazz music, and I would play it in the womb for Joshua, you know? And that was my way to connect with my son before he was born. It was precious nine months to me. And in a similar, similar way, I really think about what Simeon, his attitude must have been like when he was waiting for Christmas every single day. See, oftentimes, I think we're so focused on the end point, the fulfillment of something, that we miss out what God has in store for us during that whole process, the whole journey. And that is the point of waiting to me in the Song of Simeon. So you recall also, when I was preparing for this message, I recalled Genesis 32. And in Genesis 32, verses 22 to 32, this is the, the account of Jacob wrestling with the Lord, right? It's kind of an odd passage when you really think about it. But he's there, and people debate, like, what is going on? And what's happening is he's wrestling, he's wrestling with God, right? And this is actually one of the more profound passages in the Bible for me personally, because I think about it every time I think about when life is hard. I think about it because what Jacob was doing in Genesis 32, and you should, we don't have time to unpack it today, but I would encourage you to read it, Genesis 32, 20 to 32, is basically Jacob is wrestling like, like he's, he's going crazy on this stuff through, throughout the whole night, it says. And I think it's like for us in life today, life is hard, things are happening, and we're just like crying out to the Lord, and we're like, you know, God, man, this stuff is going on, and it's hurting, and I'm trying to, you know, discern the will for, for my life that you have for me, Lord. And how come all this stuff is happening to me, Lord? You know, that's exactly what I think the heart has to be. I actually think of wrestling as active waiting. So, so when, when in, that, in that mindset, wrestling with the Lord, waiting upon the Lord is truly, I think, a gift for us. When you think about Moses, right? Recall, recall about Moses who led the Jews by calling a God out of slavery from Egypt, how long was it for them to wander through the desert? 40 years, right? And Moses never even made it to the promised land. When you think about Noah and God saying, Noah, you're going to prepare for this great flood, how many years did Noah wait? 100 years. And I think about Abraham and Sarah, and they're like wanting to have their first child, like, you know, like, oh man, that, if I could have the son, you know. How old was Sarah when she had Isaac? She was 90. And arguably the most patient person who waited upon the Lord of them all was Job. Job is a guy, as we know, went through this tremendous suffering. And we don't know exactly how long he waited and he went through it. But we know it was several months and, and maybe a year, up to a year or two years maybe even. But we see in the Bible that the guy was going through so much stuff, the calamities that you're thinking like, this is nuts, right? And he waited upon the Lord through all of it. But whether it's Moses or Noah 
or Abraham and Sarah or Job, the point is still the same. And that God's timing is God's timing. It's only dictated by God. And oftentimes we're just called to wait upon the Lord. And I'm going to guess that right now, if you really kind of thought about it for yourself in your life, you would say that there is something you're waiting for right now in your life. And when you think about that thing that you're waiting for, then you ask the question, how are you spending your time waiting? Who are you becoming while you're waiting for the Lord? And how are you going to approach life waiting for the Lord? And I would encourage you not to unnecessarily cut your waiting period short, right? There are going to be times that you're going to be called to zip ahead out of the slow lane. But there are times when God's just going to say, wait, wait. And what then are we to do when God says, wait? And that's the second point in your notes this morning. While you're waiting, follow the Lord closely. Follow the Lord closely. In verse 25, the Bible tells us that while Simeon was waiting for the Messiah, he became a righteous and devout man. For someone to be righteous is someone to be morally upright. And we all know that living a 100% moral life is not easy, right? There's a lot in the world that will distract us, right? The enemy is continually, continually looking for ways to steal, kill, and destroy your relationship with God and your relationship with others. And so we know this, that for Simeon, a man who is older in his age, he's kind of advanced in his life, right? To be righteous, it's a great description of a man of high moral character who must have been following the Lord really closely. Otherwise, he would have been picked off by the enemy like that. And the Bible also says that Simeon was devout, and devout is someone who is fully committed in his faith. And that too I find amazing because when you place Simeon's waiting in the context of that moment in when he, where he lived, the Jews had been waiting literally like centuries for the Messiah. And for him to be committed, knowing that, man, I, I, I don't know, am I going to live another century? I mean, what's going on, right? He was committed. He was a devout follower. And you know that time and time again, if you look in human history, There's one thing humans do not have a good track record of, and we do not have a good track record of being patient people, right? We want to see the results now. And our faith will wane when we don't see the outcome that we've been wanting. But Simeon was different. He remained committed to the Lord in spite of not seeing the fulfillment of the Messiah for many, many years. And I think that can be a good lesson for us too. See, I don't know what you're personally going through today. Maybe you're waiting for that special someone who you hope will be your spouse one day. Maybe you're waiting for physical healing today. Maybe you're waiting for clear direction on a career. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe you're just waiting for an answer to some question that is really, really important to you. Whatever you're waiting for, while we don't dictate God's timing, we do control what, what we do while we wait. And as modeled by Simeon in this passage here in Luke 2, 
we can strive to be righteous and devout as we're waiting. See, it's when we're waiting, and especially when the wait is long, I think we need to be extra vigilant in the decisions that we make and the actions we take, because I think the actions we take can take us down a very morally suspect path. And while our faith wanes because we're not hearing or getting the answer to our prayers, we can remember that we're called to be committed to the long run. See, I I imagine in Simeon's life, this is what's happening, right? On a regular basis, Simeon is one of those guys that he, he gets up in the morning, he goes, oh, I wonder if today's the day, right? He gets up in the morning and he goes, he goes to the temple, because every time he hears there's a baby boy being brought to the temple, he goes to the temple and goes, God, is, the, is he the one? Such faith. Every day, Simeon is waiting for Christmas, right? <coughs> Imagine that anticipation that he has to, to, to see the Messiah that everyone's been waiting for, that he's been hearing about since he was probably a little boy. The closest analogy maybe we can think of is when you think about when you're a child on Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Eve, you go to bed with a big smile on your face because you know that when you wake up the next morning, in your stocking or under the tree, there's going to be something with your name on it. And it's just for you. And I feel like that's kind of like Simeon. He's waiting for this Christmas gift every morning, you know? And he's like, yeah, right? Only greater. So I, I, I say this, try this with your friends, you know, to, to kind of capture this point, try this with your friends. You go, you know, hey, Justin, you know, I have something really important I need to tell you. Okay, whatever. And you walk away. <laughs> and Justin's like, wait, oh, wait, wait, you know? Or, or if you want to make it even crazier, you go like, hey, Micah, uh, I'm I supposed to give you this $1,000 bill, okay? And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. And you walk away. The anticipation, right, is like the greater the value the more you're following after it. You're like, oh, right? And I think in the same way, Simeon was following close to the Lord because he was told that he was going to know the identity of the Savior, the Messiah they've been waiting for. And he's like, God, you know, now, today, right? It's the same thing. So while we're waiting upon the Lord, right, I think we all should, should learn that we've got to follow closely But what's also interesting is the third point in your notes is that as Christ followers, God doesn't leave us alone, right? Because we have the Holy Spirit with us. And that's not trivial, you guys, right? Because in verse 25 and 26 and 27, this is what's amazing. In 25, it says, the Holy Spirit was on him. In 26, it says, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And in 27, it says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So was Simeon a righteous, morally upright person? Yes. Was Simeon a devout, fully committed follower of the Lord? Yes. Was Simeon out there alone? No. Because he had the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was active in Simeon's life. So don't you want the Holy Spirit to be active in your life too? Wouldn't you like for someone to be able to say to you, the Holy Spirit is on you. The Holy Spirit is on you, Vern. It's on you. 
right? How about something has been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, and then someone says, oh, you know, moved by the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit, Mark then founded this church in Kaka'ako, right? I want that. We all want that. You want to feel it. You want to see it. You want others to see the Holy Spirit on you and on them. To reveal insights to me and, and, and to you and to reveal by, that can only be revealed by God himself. To be so moved by the Holy Spirit that when I take action, I know something amazing is going to happen. That is what the Song of Simeon is about. A man who is righteous and devout and is so moved and filled with the Holy Spirit that he waits, he stays, he stays close to the Lord, and he moves to action, and an amazing thing happens. And I believe that is what God wants for you, and I think that's what he wants for me. But we got to be willing, you've heard this one before, we got to be willing to also pray the dangerous prayer, right? You guys remember the dangerous prayer? It's three words. God, use me. God, use me. And when your heart means it, and it truly sings it, watch out. (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) And we want to welcome the Holy Spirit upon you, revealing to you the mysteries that only God can provide and moving you to take action that's going to reveal some amazing miracles that only can come from God Almighty. And then you will know what all this waiting has been about. And in point four in your notes, this is about hope that your waiting on the Lord will be rewarded. The enemy has a very insidious tool called instant gratification. Instant gratification serves but one master, the flesh. Instant gratification does not respect God's plan for your life. Instant gratification will steal joy from your life. Instant gratification kills love, kills marriages, relationships, and any feelings of accomplishment you could hope to have. Instant gratification will destroy hope. But God gives us something to neutralize this enemy's tool of instant gratification, and it's called holy waiting. Because the rewards of holy waiting are so overflowing with blessing and abundance that it makes instant gratification look like chump change and and if not childish itself. And what can some of these rewards and blessings look like, right? We know them. We see them in people who follow Christ and earnestly seek to wrestle with God. We see the blessings that come from that, right? Some examples that come from my life that I've seen, right? The person, you know, when you walk 100 or more miles on a pilgrimage in Spain called the Camino de Santiago, waiting to hear the Lord's voice, there's an example of what can happen. You can check out my blog, right? CaminoListening.wordpress.com. I'm not getting advertisement, don't worry. You see the rewards when, when a person waits for years to, for the God-chosen person to marry. They save themselves for a pure marriage. They focus on being the right person rather than finding the right person, 
You see this in the person who prays and seeks God when they contemplate their career. They pray and they live to the best of their ability what God tells us in Colossians 3.23. And this is one of those like life verses for me, right? Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as what? As a reward. We also see it in the person who saves up, even simple things, okay? The person who saves up and with great anticipation embarks on a trip to experience some part of the world that expands their view of God's creation. We see this in Alaska ablaze. We see this in Ishinomaki. We see this in Thailand and the Fongs taking, and they're dutifully following God in Thailand. We see it in people who go out to Vietnam and Cambodia. We see it even in the small things when people plan for these big trips for their family, for their family to experience something together. Many of you know that Tammy, Josh, and I, we love to travel. And one of our favorite places is Japan, right? But you know when our trip to Japan actually begins? It doesn't begin when we, when we land in Narita Airport, right? Or Haneda or Kansai. The trip actually begins the moment we're at home planning for that trip, right? The moment we start thinking and planning about, oh, we can taste the matcha in Uji in Western Kyoto, or we can, we're going to sleep in a 400-year-old thatch roof house with a, with a hearth in the center in Shirokawago, or we're going we're gonna to travel this journey together as a family from Kyoto to Tokyo on the old Nakasendo Trail, the trip has already begun the moment it enters our mind the moment we plan for it ahead of time. The journey, not only the destination, is what waiting is about. I think what the Song of Simeon teaches us this morning is that waiting shouldn't be this passive exercise where we just kind of sit back and be like, whatever happens, happens. I actually think that waiting, maybe we can kind of Translate that into wrestling with God is active waiting on the Lord. It's following the Lord closely. It's inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives and then leaning in with hope that the God who is a good God and always is, is, it will fulfill his promises, we can look forward to that for the best of our lives. So in summary this morning, Truly, I think, blessed are those people who wait upon the Lord and follow close to Him and who actively wrestle with God. Are you someone who's going to wrestle with God in your life? Know that you're not alone, that the Holy Spirit is with you, interceding for you. We're going to reveal the mysteries of your heart and will move you to action. You can rejoice in the hope that our waiting on the Lord is going to be rewarded. And then if you continue on in the verse, in in, in verse 33, it says Mary and Joseph, it it talks about how they reacted to Simeon, right? So you got to imagine, in the temple, there's this kind of old guy who goes and embraces your baby, Right? 
in the temple, and he starts prophesying about what this baby is going to do, right? And this is what it says in verse 33, Joseph and Mary's reaction. It says, the child's, child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. They marveled at it. Do you want to see the marvelous? Do you want to be blown away by what God is going to do in your life? And it's as simple as just waiting, wrestling with the Lord, following close to him, inviting the Holy Spirit into your life, and carrying the hope of the fulfillment of God's promise for your life. Would you stand and close with me? This, um, this, this series of the songs have been so powerful in so many ways. I know that in 2019, you know, we've got a few more days to go, but I know it's going to be exciting times. Pastor Mark's been talking about the new wineskins that are flowing through KCF, right? We have so much we're gonna, we want to share with you guys about what's been going on in just in the past week. It's been amazing. So let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you don't waste words. God, that we thank you for the song of Simeon and this passage here, God, that many of us to this morning might not have even known who Simeon was. So we thank you for him. We thank you for his faithfulness, Lord. Lord, we thank you that he modeled what it means to wait, truly wait and draw close to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you move in him as you move in us today. And for everyone here, Father God, for each person here, Lord, I pray that your word will sink in their soul today, that they would wrestle with you with whatever it is is in their life they've been waiting for, that you would wrestle with it. Let them just grind it out, God, and humbly come before you, Lord, to seek your blessing in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you all leave, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's here. He's here right now. And for some of you, you might have been waiting, and it's like, man, what, what Dave has been saying is right where you live. And I want to encourage you that just come forward, and we would love to pray with you, just to pray some encouragement, to just keep, keep waiting and do exactly what um, God had showed Dave to speak to us about. And we can pray and just ask for the Holy Spirit to be with you in a very real way. So if you have been waiting, and it's been hard, because waiting is not easy all the time, and you've been hoping and, and waiting, come forward, come up, and just get prayer, all right? Okay, so, so do that, and if not, um, soon enough, food will be in the back. And, and don't forget, uh, tomorrow night, 630 at the McKinley High School Auditorium, our Christmas Eve service, all right? God bless. Have a great, great day, but come up if you need prayer, all right? Thanks.